All right, everyone. Welcome in. This is More Than No Podcast. My name is Josh Warren. I am the host of this podcast. It's my honor and privilege to have my good friend, Skylar Shoey Fit. Shoe Fit. We'll talk about that here in a little bit. Yeah. But uh, Skylar DM, right? Yes, sir. Yes. Yeah, so we did a podcast a few months ago. Actually, more than that now. Yeah, when, it was probably. When was that? All right. So we met in, was it March or February that we met? I think we met in February. February. So it was probably like. March, April, April, April time. Yes, we're we're back. We're back with another podcast, and I'm looking forward to deep diving into all of the success that you've had over the, the of the course of the last six mm-hmm. months, and really looking forward to seeing that change, the progression with that. Um, with that being said, today's sponsored today's podcast is sponsored by Field Supplements. My guy right here is, is wearing one of our Fueled Supplements jerseys. These are the most anabolic jerseys on the entire market. If you're seeking to take your gains inside and outside of the gym to the next level, you throw on one of these anabolic jerseys, and I'm telling you, you're going to feel you're going to feel the effects instantly. So you can head to FueledSupplements.com. We have a lot of great things in the works. Powerhouse pre-workout as well as the Powerhouse line in general. Powerhouse pre, Powerhouse intra, and Powerhouse anabolic booster will actually be available very, very soon. That's a Jimmy House inspired line that we've been working secretly. It's not so secret anymore. But if you're in the know, then you know about these products. And so that brings me to today's podcast with Skylar. And man, feels good to be here. It's great to be back, man. And fun fact about the jer- jersey. So I've worn this quite a bit. And out of all the workout sessions I've done in it, I've had one where I haven't PR'd. Every other workout has been a PR in some way. So they're anabolic. They are. That's a fact. They, they are true. They are truly <laughs> anabolic. I mean, if that's not a testimony, then I don't know what is. Right. Yeah. Do I need to say any more about it? I don't know. I don't know if that's the case. So Skylar, when we first sat down, the first podcast was talking about you transitioning out of your accounting job into free enterprise as an entrepreneur. And then you had SkyFit was your brand for coaching, mm-hmm. online coaching. And are you doing any in-person coaching right now? Uh, I have one woman I'm working with who we get together for in-person workouts. Okay, but cool. everything else is Mainly online. online. Yeah. Yeah, online, YouTube, et cetera. So um, at that point, though, that you, from then from then until now, you have rebranded mm-hmm. to now Reach Fitness, mm-hmm. correct? Yep. And so talk about the reasoning behind the rebrand and talk about the transition into Reach Fitness and what your goals are head, headed forward, moving forward. Yeah. So, I mean, you summed up the transition perfectly by starting the podcast saying, Chewy Fit. <laughs> that that was honestly the inspiration and there's more to it, but the biggest thing was people didn't know how to pronounce SkyFit. My name's Skylar. I had a... I had a um, one of my very good friends I went to college with who I was doing some coaching with and he like six months into our coaching just casually said oh yeah like shoey fit I was like is that a joke and, and he was legitimately he thought that it was pronounced shoey fit I was like you know my name is Skylar you know how it's spelled we've been <laughs> friends for like years at this point so that was the inspiration is like if I'm gonna you know I started getting more profitable with my company it's like if I want to take this and grow it one of the things I need is I need people to be able to pronounce it right. Yes. Right? Yeah. And then just rebranding and as, as a whole helped me kind of see it as more of a legitimate company because SkyFit was just like, I threw it together. It was just like, what Instagram handle can I use? And then my virtual assistant literally just like, I drew my initials and then she kind of put text under it for the logo. So it was like very unofficial and it didn't feel like a legitimate company, even though it was at the time. So now it's uh, being able to rebrand as reach as it, like the logo not only looks more official, but it, it feels more official. There's more brandability behind it. And it's uh, 
it's something that now I can comfortably look at and say, okay, I'm ready to grow from here more. So what was your inspiration? How'd you come up with Reach? Man, uh, long story short, I actually got a, so before I was doing weight loss, I was working with, um, I was trying to work with entrepreneurs for peak performance. Okay. And I had the domain and I just, some inspiration one day just to type in reach peak performance. So reachpeakperformance.com. And it was cool when I typed it in because it was like, number one, you're going to reach peak performance, but then also reach in its own kind of has that brandable name just by itself. And then so I had that domain and I just had it like forwarding to one page on my website. And then when I was brainstorming different ideas behind it, this concept of reach is something that I've lived by. And it's something that I do my best to instill in my clients of like, even if you feel like you've succeeded and you're at a point where life is good, you should always be reaching for more. Like there's always that next level and to, to reach is to never settle. It's it's a blissful dissatisfaction. I think Ed Milet calls it, I, I say grateful, but not satisfied. Um, but it's the opportunity to continuously reach for more, even when life is good. I love that. Yeah. Yeah. Lots of, lots of growth, a lot of, a lot of meaning within the names. And I, I do like the branding a lot more, to be honest with you. Yeah. yeah. yeah it, like you said, it looks more professional. Not that mm-hmm. it's, that Skyfit wasn't professional, but I really feel like it encapsulates the purpose and meaning behind the brand like completely yeah. now. And, and now it's like, for me too, is like, I've, I have done personal brandings, like more in the know, like this is more in the know podcast. Um, sometimes I feel like, my my name is great and the utilizing your own name and branding is fine but in terms of like progression progression and outreach collaborating and connecting with other people sometimes it's best to not use your own name yeah um and so especially if people can't pronounce it that's, yeah, that's a big for, thing for sure you know there's there's definitely outliers in that situation but you know for, for me it's like oh when i come up with with new names brands or ideas i look at the i look at the long term mm-hmm. and saying like hey what do i seek to create long term is it other potentials for partnerships people to work with me you know branding a uh, branding co-branding etc uh, so moving forward with reach obviously you've been doing this now for a few years moving forward what are some big visions that you have within the brand that that haven't that are currently not in, that currently not happening right now but are in the workings in, from your day to day yeah so the the biggest thing i'm working on right now is figuring out how to be able to scale it more um, so i'm reaching the point where i love what i do i wake up every day i'm grateful i'm excited for the day and I'm also reaching the point where they're like, I, my days are stacked. I have right. a lot of calls and right. I'm not, I'm not at burnout, but I can see myself getting there if I were to enroll a couple more clients. And so the question I'm asking myself is how can I change the structure of what I do? But most importantly, how can I do that without sacrificing the results of my students? Because, you know, I come from the coaching industry. I've met hundreds of fitness coaches who all have these specific offers. And like a lot of them sacrifice that one-on-one time for group time which is great, but the problem is that a lot of times when people don't have enough one-on-one support, they can't get the specific help they need, which means their results suffer. And like, I got into this, yes, because I wanted to be an entrepreneur. Yes, I wanted time freedom, but also because I wanted to actually help people change their lives. And from what I've seen, that transition from one-on-one to group can be difficult to do while also not sacrificing the quality of your results. So that's where I'm at is is drafting and testing and figuring out like how can I shift my offer to be able to take on more people, do like a one-on-one group hybrid, however that's going to work while also obviously continuing to provide awesome results for the people I work with. I love that. And that's something too that for me, 
and is and we will talk real briefly briefly about it but the surrender retreat mm-hmm. is something that that thought process that you just had in terms of maintaining the authentic nature of it is you don't want to get you don't want that to get lost because of dollars mm-hmm. and so same thing I actually was talking to wolf the other day about this yesterday is seeing like the idea of having a thousand people total in a year or two thousand people total in a year it sounds great there's it sounds awesome and then you look at the dollars that then can be produced and it's like wow that'd be uh, an outstanding income to be able to achieve that in a calendar year with you know a thousand people 1500 people 2000 people but i said to him i said what i don't want to lose is i don't want to lose how powerful how powerful and meaningful the experience is for the person just simply due to the fact that i want to make more money because for me as i would rather grow grow slow than have than and have a much deeper impact than and have depth than have than have like this like really extended this really extended reach across all these people but the depth is not there yep and so for me, for me, like looking at in at your situation, I understand the internal dialogue on that because it's like, you know, I do one-on-one coaching and for me, bringing surrender into fruition was actually like my first way of like doing groups. But also too is like, okay, at what point in the group is too many people? Yeah. And so then you have to look at the bottom line is like, okay, well, at some point you start to get lost because I've seen people do what we've done um, you on the fitness realm, as well as me, in, in in terms of healing and somatic somatic healing, breath work, uh, addiction, trauma coaching, is they go into these groups and the groups are like a hundred or two hundred, yeah. and then you're on a Zoom call with forty people in a group, and your one on one time is pretty limited. Now, were you part of were you part of any coaching programs? Like, were you coached by any coaches that you were like in groups or did like one on ones with? I've done I've done so many coaching programs. Like the the two I'm thinking of that were the biggest investment. One was well, there's there's three that come to mind, but the the two that really show that contrast is one was a one on one coach. We had a call every single week, and that was completely personalized, completely what I was looking for. And then I had an eight week program I joined that was basically. A complete hybrid so i had like one one-on-one coaching session with the head coach one uh, breakthrough mindset session with one of the other coaches and then showing up for i think two q a's every single week and it was a big group and like i feel like business is a little bit different than something like trauma or addiction right. coaching and fitness coaching because like some of my calls get very very vulnerable with my one-on-one clients like it's not rare for the people i work with to be crying on our calls together and like to throw someone into a group and now have to ask questions and talk about things like if you're in a group of people, most people instinctually put some mm. sort of a wall up, of course, where they're not able to open up and ask these questions. And like, it's rare that a person would feel comfortable crying in front of three, four, five <laughs> or more people. Rare. So right. Unless you're at the surrender. Yeah. Retreat, unless but. yeah. Unless <laughs> unless you're there. But no, I totally understand what you're saying. And you know, especially when it comes to diet and nutrition is you put people in a group and they're like, well, I don't want to talk about what I just did because I've, I feel embarrassed. Yeah. And then you hold on to the guilt and the shame and the guilt and the shame, the guilt and the shame never gets shared because they're afraid of, of being judged and or sharing that around other people. So I'm, I know you'll figure it out. I know mm-hmm. moving, moving forward, I think that, you know, for me, like looking, looking in, especially what I've done, you know, like you said, on, on 
on my end of coaching, you know, it's almost impossible to like, it's not impossible, but like there was a, there's a very, there's a very specific formulation that had to have happened for surrender to actually create the type of results that it did. Mm -hmm. Um, and I'm grateful that that was it, but I w- I've never done a group setting like that before. And so what I took was, I was like, okay, well, these are the things within my coaching, my day-to-day on my one-to-ones that I do with every single client. How can I now relate this on a scale of 12 guys? And how that, how how can I see then this get, how, how can I see this transfer over to a group setting whilst maintaining the depth that I have on a one-on-one setting? Yeah. You did a great job with it. I think uh, the biggest aspect that helped for me was going through the hike with everybody at the beginning, mm. because when you when you go through struggles with people, you immediately bond with them better. And so by the time we got into the middle of the mountains, it felt like I knew everybody on a very personal level. And maybe there was like two or three guys where, like, we were cool, but I felt comfortable, you know, because we had gone through that. We had we had done the the hike. We had been through the struggles, and then. From there, we had the opportunity to do these small exercises to open up more, and, and then obviously with the the uh, the big moment on the last day, like the breathing and everything we did in that in that day, like that's where it all came together, and all of the connecting and bonding came to fruition, and really helped us be in that moment. Absolutely, and I know you'll be able to create that within your groups, or however mm-hmm. you decide to move forward. You know, I I know that for a fact. So it's cool because we all have our different business ventures. We're all in similar industries, um, but in reality, we're I'm I'm taking a little bit from you. I'm taking a little bit from these other guys that are doing well, and and so it's just like this really mastermind alliance that we have, which I'm super grateful for. So just talk like just touching and brief. We don't have to like like go super deep into the details of of the surrender retreat, but I I know that like leading into it, I've said this before is you were not that you questioned it. Not that you questioned it, but you were the only person that reached out to me and said, hey, will this be worth it? Yeah. And I was telling Wolf, I was telling Wolf that I said, to be honest with you, I said, I had no social media. I've never done it before. Um, there, There's no, nobody has a firsthand experience to tell you about it. There's no reviews on it. And it's just you taking my word for what my word is. And I remember just telling you is like, I can't sell you blue skies. I can't tell you, I can't tell you, but it's just going to be my life's best work. Yep. And if you just commit to it, it'll be one of the best things you ever did. Yep. And you took a chance. I took a chance. You took a chance. And it worked out. You're the only one. You're <laughs> yeah. the only one who asked me. Yeah. And, but it, it was like one message back and forth. It wasn't like I had to sell you on it. You just said, sweet, done deal. Yeah. yeah you just needed a little yeah. assurance. That was it. And that's, that's why I reached out because I come from that industry. So I've been part of so many retreats, so many experiences like that. And so I also personally made a commitment at the beginning of the year, like I'm, I'm working on paying down debts and mm. so I'm not going to invest anything that I don't know is not going to bring me returns. And so reaching out really was just the assurance, just hearing it from you pretty much. Like I didn't need you to sell me. I didn't need right. you to like do any salesy tricks or anything. Yeah. Like I literally just needed to hear you say like, this is going to be worth it. It's, yeah. And I feel, I feel like it was worth it. So yes. just in, in short, in short, you know, what do you feel was your greatest takeaway from that trip? <sighs> I've told a couple people this, and I think I shared this at the retreat too, is I came in and one of the first intention settings we did, we were setting basically what we wanted to accomplish and achieve. And mine was, I want to be completely debt-free and have a million dollars in my bank account. 
And that's in the past, like that's been a big focus of mine is I, I want to grow financially. I want to be financially free. And a million dollars is just kind of that mark in my head where it's like, if I can get that in my bank account, I'm set because I know how to grow from there. And by the end, that had shifted to I'm excited to be living on a homestead with a beautiful wife and a beautiful family. Yeah, that's a big change. Like completely shifted. <laughs> and it's it's so interesting because these past few months, it's really been the uh, just the, the theme of my life and where it's going is like I've had my college experience. I've dated around like I've done all that. And like it's time to settle down mm. and it's time to because ultimately like you and i both know this the greatest rebellion is starting a family and yes. living in personal excellence yes and like that's what i'm ready to do at this point so just having that shift it was like i forget the exact moment it might have been the breath work where it would just like it just became clear that that is what would be most personally fulfilling to me not the million dollars in the bank account that will come i right. know that's going to come but like i don't need to focus on that and make that my main target if I target being personally excellent and settling down and having a family and being supported by amazing people in my life, like everything else will come and the fulfillment will be there too. It's that's moving, man. It's it's mm -hmm. moving, and me in this last year, and I've shared this many times, as my whole life has changed within the last twelve months, and and I, I this is the the greatest blessing to have to live the life that I live, you know, and I I have the people around me that I love I'm doing what I love in terms of job I don't have a million dollars in the bank but I'm a very rich man mm -hmm. and so for me it's like for me when I look when I look at Jordan and I's relationship and then the little one on the way nothing has made me more inspired and more fulfilled and not that I'm just cool with just like letting that be the story but in and of itself just having a committed relationship with a woman who is my best friend and then now bringing new life into this world is like the most fulfilling thing that I've ever felt. Yeah. It's be any dollar amount that I've ever made, any accomplish or any accolade. I mean, and it's something that anybody can commit to mm -hmm. is you don't have to be an NBA superstar. You don't have to be a millionaire. Like you said, but the the best rebellion is personal excellence and for, and for me for me that was getting clean and sober mm -hmm. and for me it was like this is my life's greatest achievement my life's greatest achievement is to be in a place where now I'm going to get married and have a child because to be honest with you if we were having a conversation three and a half four years ago I would not be in the same place telling you this and for me I was so blinded by the allure the allure of the darkness of the de deception that the devil brought to my life and I got I got pulled into the hole for mm -hmm. quite some time in my life and I, I was deceived by the devil for quite some time and it was something that it was something that really derooted me from from wanting to build the family structure and ultimately at the core of it all it was because I was scared I was scared of who I had to become mm -hmm. to ultimately lead lead a marriage and and lead a family and going into sobriety i never talked spoke to god ever i was somewhere between atheist and agnostic and i i didn't even know and i would sit there and be and i would i mean like who the fuck are you i mean i'd say things like that and i had such a really twist twisted and and really messed up relationship with it but it wasn't until i was at rock bottom it was interesting on my rock bottom my rock bottom moment I was, I was like I said, I was somewhere between atheist and agnostic, and on my rock bottom moment, I got down on my knees and I prayed to God. Funny how that works, huh? isn't it? And then, <laughs> and and it was like, like oh now now, 
oh, when you need me now, all these other times, but now. And for me, it was is that in that moment, God granted me grace. And I got clean and got clean and sober the next day, over closing in on three and a half years of clean mm-hmm. and sober at the end of this month. And it was through God's grace that He granted me that. And since since then, I've done my best to continue continually commit to God. And as I've done that, and as I've gotten closer to God, it's made me then want to have a family. Mm-hmm. And so I knew that you. I know you've grew up in a religious household. And then I want you to talk a little bit about how and and because I did it a lot, dude. I mean, is there was like this shift is like, oh, well, it's the universe, not God. Yeah. It's, yep. it's, you know, it's the, it's uh, the star, it's the stars in the, in the universe and it's energy and it's, and it's this, it's not God. I don't call it God. I'm not religious, you know? So talk about growing up, growing up in a religious household, praising God, and then talk about you had somewhat of a little shift mm-hmm. and then now coming back. Dude, it's been a journey. Um, growing up in a religious household was definitely something that, it pushed me to misinterpret what God was. Mm. And I always, whenever I, I had a conversation with a buddy last night and whenever I speak about God to people, it's like that word God has such an emotional charge for so many people. Like, especially if you've grown up in that environment because you've now created all these rules and all these experiences and you put all these things around this one word. And so now immediately when you hear it, it has a specific meaning to you. Mm. And so when I started my entrepreneurship journey, a lot of people in that space are very spiritual rather than religious. And there's a lot of talk of the law of attraction, the universe, yes. and like all, all of the things in that specific area, the secret, everything. And so when I started moving into that, and I did have a period where that like I was all about manifestation, which I believe in still, and that's the thing. Like, But it was from a very universe standpoint and a very like law of attraction standpoint And then I started to notice all these similarities of what the law of attraction is and what spirituality is versus what I was taught growing up with Christianity. And so I started seeing these similarities and started having this belief. They're fairly similar. They're very similar. (laughs) Very, very similar, right? And it's so, almost like they just changed the words. That's that's it, right? (laughs) (laughs) So so yeah, so I started having this like this kind of a crisis where it was just like, what, where, where do I lie in this? Like, what do I believe in? Because I do know that this isn't a world where we're just in the physical. There's mm. a spiritual side to this. This exists more than what I can just see. There's there's feelings. There's things beyond feelings. And the big shift for me, which I've shared the story with you a couple times, is um, I'd been working to get my business off the ground for years and doing like everything or what I felt was everything in my power to do it. And I was white knuckling it, trying to do it all on my own. And I had vented to a buddy about it, about how I was just like... I'd gotten laid off from my job and I was going all in with it and it was just a roller coaster for a couple months. And he reached out to me and he was like, hey man, I had a crazy week, like I need to share something with you. And so we went on a hike and on the hike he shared how, you know, he had been going through some problems in his personal life and he just felt the need to go to church. And when he went to church, the what the pastor was teaching on that Sunday was how sometimes when you go through these difficult experiences, it's God trying to push you closer to him. And so... He was like, look, in the past week, I I went to church. I started reading the Bible. I started praying. I enrolled a bunch of new clients. The personal things I'm going through are improving. Like life is drastically changing in a very short amount of time. So I was at that point. I was like, well, what do I have to lose? You know, like I, I believe that there is God. I believe that there is something to this. So let me give it a try. So went to church with him, started praying, opened up my Bible and was just reading it here and there. And I signed a new client. 
which was like the first step. And it was like a little boost of, okay, maybe this is the answer. And so I'm driving to church the next weekend. This is my second time at church. And um, I get a call from my client, from the guy I signed up. And he was just like, hey, man, like, I can't do this. Like, I can't afford it. Please just refund me the money. I'm just going to do it on my own. So I'm like the entire drive to church. I'm just like down. I'm like, I thought this was working. It's not. I pull in the church parking lot, park in the parking space. And I'm just sitting there and I'm like, I should just go home. Like, I don't want to be here. And then I had this hit of intuition and it was just like a voice in my head. And it was, it just said like, this isn't supposed to be transactional. Mm. Like, this isn't something where I'm supposed to be going to church just so I can make more money and just so I can be successful. And so at that point I had a choice, like, do I, do I go home and kind of sit in this or do, do I just like open myself up, drop my expectations and just go to church and went into church. And that month was after that experience was the best month of what I had done so far. I signed five new people, which was an all time high for me. And, um, you know, it's been like up and down, like when life gets good from that moment, I kind of take my foot off the gas and don't pray as much, don't open my Bible as much. And then it'll slowly start to go down. And then I'm like, wait, let me get on track. And it's always been like up, down, up, down, up, down. But consistently when I am forming a relationship with God without expectations, things just start to seem to come together. And so from there, like it's been great finding a community. Like we started a Bible study and we're doing that every two weeks. And there's all these little investments that we're making and building our relationship with God. And it's it's cool because it's come full circle because it was like Christianity and then it was more of like the universe and spirituality. And now I, I don't necessarily say I'm a Christian because I still think most people when they hear that, there's all these rules and energies and emotions. But like I have those beliefs. I have a relationship with God. I read the Bible. So that's a beautiful testament. Yeah, it's really it is truly a beautiful testament. And I man, I, I, I've been there on my own journey, in my own route. I mean, I I completely. I didn't grow up in in the church system. I didn't grow up reading the Bible. I didn't grow up believing in God. I had people in my family that did, but it wasn't something that like was ingrained in us. And so I grew up a lot of my life just on like in a state of unknowing. And when I when I was in my late teens, I started to really start to have, you know, cognition of what the world is and waking up is you know, for me, I just was like, well, if there is a if there is a God, then why are the things they are the, the mm-hmm. way that they are? And then I got into spirituality, and then I was down I was down the the road of of find, trying to find connection to source, which I called universe. And I would never call God through psychedelic drugs, through psychotropic drugs, through all, all sorts of different things. And I, I was doing everything but actually doing the things required to grow and exercise a deeper connection and faith in God. And I was actually doing everything but. I mean, I would do the Reiki. I would see the medicine man. I would do the ayahuasca. I would do the DMT. I would do the acid. I would do I would do everything but the actual the actual steps necessary. And it wasn't until I got clean and sober that's that was that was God's grace on me. And so once once I got got granted that grace that evening, my rock bottom moment is from then on. I've said I've shared this before, but I'll always share it again. Is that God's given me second, third, and fourth chances. God's loved me before I've ever loved myself. He's accepted me before I ever accepted myself. It'd be a disservice not only to myself, but mostly God. It'd be a disservice to God and what has been provided in my life to not live live in faith through Him. Yep. And 
ever since then, my my life has completely changed. When I made that decision, my life has absolutely changed. Now, now I don't go to church and I don't call myself a Christian, but AA brought me to God mm-hmm. because the very first step is you you deem yourself you deem yourself helpless on this about this addiction and you give your addiction to God, and like. I'm not like that's when people was like, oh man, you ha-, like yeah, there I have willpower, and yeah, man, you must you must have mental toughness. I'm like, I'm really not that mentally tough anymore. I was for a long time when I wrestled, but my addiction is not something you can mentally tough mm-hmm. out because you'll break, you'll find the edge. You're, I I promise you, the edge is much much stronger than how mentally tough you are, especially when it comes to temptation. And temptation is in our face every single day, and the allure is right there. Just come this way. It's this easy. Come on, come on over here. But ultimately, coming coming back. Back to the grace of God is the answer and deepening our connection and so beautiful now to like to be honest with you like last year when I was in Las Vegas I like I, I knew the missing link was like really deepening my connection with God mm. and I and I just said like what does that look like for me like what's the next what does that look like and I didn't know what that looked like and t- until it all unfolded this last year and now to, to have you in my life to have all these beautiful men in our life and the circle that we have and how beautiful it truly is to have this like this is so rare but it's not rare because we all committed to attracting this and creating this and god said hey like we're gonna i'm gonna put you all in each other's lives and like how freaking beautiful that is it was divine like divine timing everything that's happened with has been just perfect in its own way and like it's so crazy how being in this community has made me so much of a better person this past year because I want to be because mm-hmm. it's like I'm hanging out with such high value, high quality men. Like the best example I can give you. So I haven't made a commitment to being sober from alcohol because I don't have a problem with it. And I like a couple months before I met you, I was just having like a glass of bourbon or two a week, like just kind of to wind down and wrap up. And it's like since then, I've I've had one here and there. Like when I was in Colorado with my sister, we had some sake at a high quality Japanese restaurant. But like any other time, I don't, I choose not to drink. It's just like, why would I? And I feel, it's not even that I feel like I'm responsible for doing that, but I want to because I'm surrounded by men who choose to not drink. And it like feels weird in a lot of situations of saying yes to a drink when I know it's not going to change like the quality of my evening or the quality of my time or anything like that. So it's just like being in this circle is just pushing me to be so much better. And I know that every single one of the other guys here can say the same thing because we all inspire each other in these small little ways. It's inspiring, man. I'll, I'll be honest with you. You know, since getting sober, I only have two people that I know that have stayed sober. Mm-hmm. And <laughs> being sober in your 20s, I'm almost 30, but being sober in your 20s, almost nobody stays sober. And, it, and, and that goes for any age demographic. And so to see these men committing to it, it, it's it's not like hey, like it's not hey, you know, it's over. It's it's not the rest of your life. It's it's one day at a time. And I I do receive so much inspiration from other men being in my circle because for me personally, when I I spent a lot of years alone to be honest. Once I got sober, and and I was alone because every like everybody that I was associated with. Uh, was doing drugs and like they weren't my friends anymore and so I got to the point where it's like I don't really have many friends anymore or at all and so like what am I gonna do just sit alone in my apartment all the time and last year when I got really committed I called it my laboratory year when I got committed last year I like coming down here I knew that that these blessings were ahead I just didn't know exactly what it looked like yeah 
but I I knew that I had to get right with myself first. I had to get right with God. I had to get right. I had to get right with my celibacy. I had to get right with my commitment to being my best and actually and actually commit to the twelve steps. I had to get right to. I had to get right with with my sobriety and my businesses and my honesty and and make amends i had to get right with these things first before i could move forward and i I did those things and i said this in the podcast with wolf it was like looking back now like it's all worth it it's Mm -hmm. been three and a half years man it was three years before i ever had this and many people would you let go you would give up and like for me it was like man there were times i wanted to give up Mm -hmm. there were times definitely i wanted to relapse and now it's like man i I did all that and now all this is possible and i didn't force it. it wasn't something i forced it was something that just came came to be by just me doing what i could one day at a time yeah dude i have that exact mentality about the future it's like you know, I, I kind of know the next step, but I can't see 10 steps ahead. I just know that with all the goals that I have, I will achieve them and I'll get there. And I don't know exactly how, but I know that if I continue to commit to myself, commit to God and live as upright and excellent of a life as possible, anything is possible. And I don't need to know the next steps. I don't need to know exactly how I'm going to get there. I can just enjoy the ride and do the best that I can in these moments. Do your best to be your best, man. Mm-hmm. I know that I know that I know. You know that you know that you know. So yeah. with being, that being said, that concludes today's podcast. This is more in the know. Skylar, thank you so much. Where can people find you? Uh, so it's still Shuey Fit on Instagram. <laughs> so S-C-H-U-Y-F-I-T. And that would probably be the best place to connect. Cool. But. Well, I'll, I'll put his information down below in the description box. It's free. Like, share, subscribe, and comment on this. I mean, it's absolutely free. It doesn't cost you a dollar if you receive some sort of value and or insight from from today's podcast and all the exceptional podcast uh, guests that are on this show. Show your support. I mean, it means the absolute world to us to be able to keep this content going and sharing the light, the love, and ultimately the message. And that's what it, that's what it comes down to. So thank you so much, Skylar. I love you, course, brother. Man. Love you too. It's, it's an honor and privilege to be your be your friend and brother in arms, man. And uh, I'm looking forward to seeing all your success. 100%. Thank you. Yes, sir.